0: Welcome to How Do You Write. I'm your host, Rachel Herron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 111, a great number, episode of How Do You Write. I'm your host, Rachel Herron. So glad you're here with me. Today, I'm talking to the fabulous Kristen LaBianca, who was introduced to me by a friend, and uh, she's all that, and now I am following her all around the internetosphere uh, because she was so cool and so fun to talk to and so wise about what we do when we're writing. I know you're going to enjoy it in a little bit of a catch up of what's been going on around here, um as I record, <laughs> it's the day it's gonna go live on November thirtieth two thousand and eighteen. Uh, and because I'm a touch behind this week, but it is the last day of Nanorimo, and I want to tell you how my experience was. It was awesome in that i didn't do it and i gave myself permission not to do it which was fantastic um i got 4000 words before i you know started a week and a half late uh, i got 4000 words before i realized that i'm i can't write this book yet this was the book about venice um going back and forth there for 25 years uh yet another Middle aged American woman who loves Venice and Venice doesn't love being back. Venice loves very few things. And I love her for that. I love her for her, um, standoffishness. That's one of the things I love. But, but I had a what? I had the what of writing about Venice, but I don't have the so what yet, so I need to wait until I know what this book means, um, what is its purpose, and I don't have that yet, so I have to wait, uh, which was good because then I got revisions back on my romance, uh, which are complete, and um, copy edits are coming, and I also got the page proofs on the thriller, so... I would like to tell you that, well, I wouldn't have had time to do NaNoWriMo anyway, but the truth of the matter is I would have. I can find time to write 1,667 words a day. I chose not to. Um, I've written enough lately. I feel good about that choice. Uh, I don't need NaNo to prove to me that I can write books, obviously, but I choose to celebrate NaNo every year, which I'm doing again this year, uh, for the way that it brings out this ultimate creativity in 500,000 people around the world, many of whom are finding out for the first time that they can write a book. So there is never going to be a November that I don't worship at the altar of NanoRimo. I just don't always do it myself, which is just fine. So yep, gotten those other things working. Um, and I just want to say something pretty exciting to me that I just wrote and sent off in my Patreon. This is not a plug to get you to join. Uh, I I swear it's just something that I'm excited about. Uh, This last year, it's been a whole year of writing this book I called Replenish. And every month I did a challenge to see if I could replenish my soul because this time last year, my soul was freaking empty. I could not fill it. I couldn't fill it with booze or weed or pills or food or family or friends or anything else that we like to fill our souls with. So I decided to try to fix that. I thought I was working too much. Um, Yesterday, I sent off the synthesis essay, the last essay of the book in which I talked about how everything I tried had worked or didn't work and what I found from the experiment. Spoiler alert, uh, this will not ruin the essay for you, but I found out that the reason i felt so empty was because of this alcohol addiction that i had drifted into in the last couple of years um and finding that out fixed everything in a number of different astonishing ways i am now more than 9 months sober it's fantastic it's i'm so grateful that it happened to me i'm so grateful that i that that alcoholic switch was flipped in me i really really am because It has led to this place of peace um, like no other well of peace I've ever felt. Um, The creative well for me is full and overflowing. And it is so flippin' cool. And I loved writing this essay. Uh, So I sent that out. And now I'm going to be focusing on, um, putting together the first book, which was called Make Your Life. It's essays on creativity. And then I'm going to revise, replenish, um, which is the, the next memoir that I'm working on. And then I'm going to send them off to my agent. But honestly, my agent doesn't really love the sound of them. She's really more into my thriller right now. So it may end up that I happily self-publish if she decides she doesn't want to take them out or if there's, an, if I don't have a viable, Um, platform, because I really don't have much of a platform as a, uh, creativity guru, right? I have a platform as a knitter. I have a platform as a fiction writer. Um, not so much as a person talking about creativity and, and the refilling of, uh, the creative wealth. So it may be self published, which would be awesome because that means it would go out earlier. Um, but if you wanted to read either of the book, those books, Now it's a plug. If you join my Patreon for as little as a buck a month, you get to read all, I think there's 24 essays in there now. It's like 160,000 words or something like that. You could read piecemeal. I probably recommend that you wait for the book to come out because it'll be easier to read then. But if you'd like to dive in and see what I found out, especially in this last synthesis essay, um, (laughs) I put in, I put in some marketing, tweet or something I put out yesterday that the answer did surprise me that what I found it did surprise me super clickbaity but it's actually true so I feel really good about that I am going into my next project for patreon and I'm not really sure what it's going to be right now it could be a book about addiction it could be um some other kind of memoir it's going to be creative nonfiction essays um maybe they will be one-offs that then I try to publish but I'm still going to be writing one a month because I love writing these. It's just handy when I can also gather them together into a book because that works out really well. Uh, speaking of Patreon, I have to thank new patrons, Jen LeBlanc. Thank you so much, Jen, for your sweet note on Twitter too. Uh, new patron, Diane. Thank you, Diane. And new patron, Mary Helen Ward, who's been a an internet friend of mine for a long time, a native New Zealander. So thank you, Mary Helen. And... Um, everything else is going really well. I'm off to see my friend Toby Neal today. Um, You may have heard her on Joanna Penn's podcast. I think it's one of uh, my favorite that I've ever heard on Joanna Penn's podcast. Uh, Toby Neal and I have taught together and she's fantastic. So we're going to go spend the day playing and experimenting and talking about the future. So I encourage you to be creating your own community of writers around you. These are the people that will stick with you, who will lift you up, who will not criticize your writing and make you feel bad because screw that, kick those to the curb. We don't need that kind of encouragement. We need encouragement to write and encouragement to grow and encouragement to get better. We do not need somebody saying, well, you really shouldn't have done that with you know that chapter. That's what editors are for. That is not what writing friends are for. Dozie's barking, so that means it's time to hang up. Please enjoy this wonderful interview with Kristen Labianca, and we'll talk next week. Hey writers, I've opened up some coaching slots. I'm not taking clients on a weekly basis right now as I'm working on my own books, but I am doing one-offs. I call them tune-ups. Tell me your plot problems and ask your character queries. Let me know what stumbling blocks you're up against. Get tips and tricks to get you back on the right track. Ask me questions about all things publishing. Together, we'll brainstorm your specific plan of action, making sure you're in the driver's seat of your book again. You'll receive a 30-minute call over Skype or FaceTime, giving you the honest encouragement you need to keep getting better. Or a polite ass-kicking, if that's what you need and ask for. Plus, you'll get an MP3 audio recording or MP4 video, your choice of our chat, so you can re-listen at your leisure. And if you want a little more help, I can also critique either 10 pages or your book's outline and talk you through my findings. Just check out rachelherron.com slash coach for more info. I'd love to work with you. Now, on to the interview. Well, I could not be more pleased today to welcome to the show my guest, Kristen LaPianca. Hi, Kristen.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank
0: you so much for being here. Another thriller writer. We were just talking about it on the air before we got on. But let me give you a little bio. Uh, Kristen lepianca is the Seamus Award winning author of the Roxanne Weary Mystery Series, which is a PI series, may I add, um, my favorite kind <laughs> of mystery. Uh, she grew up mostly in a public library and could often be found in the adult mystery section well before she was out of middle school. Her writing has been selected for Shotgun Honey, McSweeney's Internet Tendency, Grift, and... And a black Elephant. She lives in Columbus, Ohio with her partner and two cats. So welcome to the show. Um, your first book you. came out last year, is that right? In 2017? Mm-hmm. Yes. And the second one released now. Are you mm-hmm. into the third one?
1: Yes, the third one is actually coming out next July. It's July oh, 9th. So it's all done. Uh, it's dusted. It's all done. Um, I've just got a cover last week, I think. So Do you like it? Things are definitely. Yes, I love it. I love it. It's great. Um, my cover artists have been so amazing with your, your covers getting, are getting. Yeah, they just like I feel like they grab you in a really cool way. So I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited for the world to see that cover. Um, yeah, so I'm also working on the fourth book, and by working on, I mean like thinking about. Um, I haven't. <laughs> I haven't really started writing anything yet, but I know kind of what I'm going to do, and that'll be out uh, in the summer of 2020, which. It's hard to believe that's a year that we're talking about in like, the world, but it is, apparently it is. It so. is
0: so hard. I am 46 and I still think like 2020 was something I couldn't imagine when I was in yeah, high school. Yeah.
1: It's just bizarre. Like it sounds like a science fiction movie. It really In does. It, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: exactly. Well, this show is about writing process, and I would love to hear about yours. Um, okay. Just tell us kind of the gist: when and ha- where, and how is this your full time job? Do you do
1: you fit this into the pockets of your day around a a, a full uh, another job or? Well, so I'm a freelance graphic designer oh. um, by Ooh. by day or by night or whenever it is that I do that stuff. So uh, I kind of have the flexibility to write whenever I feel like I need to write and to work on work stuff whenever I need to do that. Mm -hmm. So my writing tends to – I tend to do it in very intense chunks rather than like a little bit every day. I'm not really Mm -hmm. an everyday kind of writer. Um, I am a bit of a procrastinator. I am – willing to admit um (laughs) and so um with my with my third book which it was it was due to my editor in in august um and so i had been like i knew what i wanted to do with it and i spent um a, a little bit too much time thinking about that and then when it was finally time to sit down and write that happened really really fast but I feel like part of the process is that you can you can sit yourself down and make yourself write, but you can't force the idea to be ready to be written. Isn't that it the sense. worst? It's the worst. It's so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing you can do to like hurry it along. It, it is what it is. Like yeah, it just you have to kind of wait around. It's like waiting for water to boil. Like until it's boiling, like you're not making pasta. I'm hungry. <laughs> That's, That's a the really, it's metaphor. a great analogy, though. It's not,
0: it's not going to start like the chemist, the chemicals are not going to start working in the way that makes food. Until right. that time, except the problem, exactly. the difference is like boiling pasta, you know, no matter how long you think it takes, it's only less than 10 minutes. And this whole <laughs> book thing is much worse. It's okay. So long. let me, um, let me ask you about your process for this because, and I'm, and I have to admit I'm doing this totally selfishly at this moment because I'm thinking about my next thriller and my next synopsis and my brain does not work in terms of mysteries. I'd love to read them, but in terms of coming up with them, it was very hard for me to do for this for this book that's coming out in August. Okay. And um, so do you sit with a – do you plot things out for a long time? I was just talking to Dorinda Jones, who has a 40 to 60-page outline of her book before she oh even goodness. starts. Can you imagine? I have I,
1: so much respect for people who can
0: do that. Mad respect. I, I have cannot. usually – like I have a page with some lines jotted, and that's about what I have.
1: Yeah, I, I'll i tend to have a page, maybe two pages, maybe even three Max, but like, uh, I, I used to think like I couldn't even possibly write down even one page of notes because it will interfere with my, you know, creative process or whatever. <laughs> um, but like then it's like actually you have to be really kind of clinical about it in terms of placing clues and building suspense. It's not like, uh, it's not an, an art exactly. It's, you have to be kind of scientific about it. So once I really learned that, I do do a little bit of plotting. I kind of look at a very loose three-act structure Mm -hmm. for the plotting that I do. But I do like to leave a lot of room for things to just happen because that's where, like, the best stuff happens. Like, characters do things you had no idea they were going to do. Like, that's where all of the good stuff happens. With my second book, there's a character who's in the first book that I hadn't intended to put in the second book at all. And she like really wanted to be in the book and she kept bothering me until I put her in the book. And now she's kind of a big part of it. So it's like things like that, like that wouldn't have been in my outline. I had, I didn't want her in the book, but then, you know, as I was writing, she wouldn't leave me alone. So she's in the book. Uh, So do you know the, the inside and out though of the crime and who done it? I generally know who done it. I don't always know the circumstances Mm. like or the, the reasons or exactly how things came out. But I generally know who, uh, when I set out to do it, um, it would, it would be kind of hard for me, I think, to write about a crime where I didn't know who had actually, that's not true. I have I, a I couple have...
0: friends who do it, who don't, who yeah. do until the end of the book and then they go rewrite the book to, to make that work. But, <laughs> <you know.
1: laughs> yeah. Well, I think the best, like the best, uh, thing is when you're reading a book and, like you're getting close to the end and like, you're like, Oh, I know exactly who did it. And then there's like one final twist, even after you have like solved all of the, the how and the why and the where, and you have all of the details. And it seems like the theory makes sense. And the theory does make sense, but there's like this one little thing you didn't know. Um, So I think that that kind of twist can sort of pop up last uh, minute. Uh, uh-huh. kind of, second book had a little bit of that, but generally I, I know like where the story is going. And I usually have a pretty clear idea of how it's ending way before uh, I even know where it's starting. So I I kind of like eye on the ending and then let the other stuff happen in the middle.
0: I'm a little bit jealous. I never know my endings. I always know my beginnings. And that's really not very Uh, helpful. (laughs) It's not helpful at all. So when when and where do you get your writing done?
1: So, uh, when is whenever I have to. (laughs) That's right, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, so where, like, I think, like, as writers, we can get very, like, we can get very precious about our, like, our writing spaces, or we have to have, like, these exact perfect conditions. And so I have in my home not one, but two separate writing spaces, depending on my mood. Um, and I also, uh, I, I belong to a co working space that's near my apartment. Ooh, and I go, how do you find box. that? I mean, how, I how do you like ha, you enjoy it? Yeah, it's great because it's like, um, thinking about it, it's a big, it's pretty big and it's a bunch of different, like if you want to sit at a table or if you want to sit in a cozy booth or if you want to sit on a couch or you want to get a conference room, like there's all these options, which is cool. Cause you never quite know what you're going to feel like, like you never quite know if sitting at a table is going to just, you know, ruin your concentration for the whole right, day. Right, What you really want to do is, like, sit on a giant pillow on the floor or something. I generally want to um, do that, yeah. I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> uh, yeah, I do really like that. And I like having the flexibility to um, sort of change scenery because mm-hmm. I, I can tend to get it, like, right now I'm sitting at my uh, my my desk in my office which is where I also do a lot of my design work. Mm-hmm. And it can be Difficult for me to sit at the same computer for writing as for doing that stuff, because it's like, this is the computer where I sit at and I do graphic design, not necessarily writing, uh, especially drafting. It's different if I'm editing or, you know, revising or working through ideas. But when I'm actually working on a draft, it's very hard for me to sit like among my like other work things mm-hmm. and, and sort of tap into that same creative energy.
0: Um, yeah. Me too. The place I'm sitting right now is where I do on my email. I don't, yeah. I don't write. And I sometimes edit or revise here, but I don't write first drafts here. And like, it's ridiculous to me that I'm using the same computer, but it's my editing position. It, it's, <laughs> it's, sorry. It's my email position. That's just not, that's not, that yeah. so, okay. So what is your biggest challenge yeah. when it comes to writing?
1: Um, well, one challenge is like knowing when it's time to stop Researching and actually to start mm. writing because mm-hmm. research research is so fun and there's just so many rabbit holes you can go down uh, and I tend to over research and also like I can get hung up on details of research of like oh well I don't know the the layout of this particular police precinct in Columbus maybe I need to like go there and figure out like which side of the room the doorway is on like no that doesn't matter. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> things like that. Like I, will have to sort of remind myself. Like that doesn't matter. Step away from from that. Um, so that, that is a challenge. But um, another challenge is really just, especially because my my work is a series. Like I don't want to do anything that will disappoint anyone, mm. uh, especially in terms of of my protagonist Roxanne's her personal life. Um, people have very strong opinions about Catherine versus Tom and I don't want to make anybody mad <laughs> and so I just <laughs> oh I really love want... that you
0: have a male and a
1: female love interest yes that's, that's yeah. rad that's cool. rad <laughs> that's my next read <laughs> yeah well yeah she's super fun to write and like especially with the mystery genre which is not as diverse as some other genres like they're very little bisexual representation mm-hmm. in books, unless it's just, you know, the typical cliche, like, Oh, here's this bisexual character. That must mean they're not trustworthy. Like, so exactly. You know, that's right, super right, right. frustrating. I identify as bi. So I really wanted to me write too. something that, Oh, how about that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really just wanted to write a book that's like, like the books I've loved all my life, but had a person in it who was like me. And so, um, like I, I, I love writing her and I like, I'm just very like sensitive to the fact that people do have these strong feelings about like the people in her life. And I just don't want to do anything that is like a misstep. I feel like it's a writing is like there's pressure that gets mm-hmm. put on you, like write for yourself or before you publish your first book, you're just like, there's no pressure. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once, once your work is being published, like there is some pressure and, it's not really there's all there's a lot of pressure uh about from all different sides but specifically um in this context like people when people like your work like they're counting on you to deliver what they want and so that's really like that's a huge responsibility and i take it really seriously because it's like time is time is money it's when someone chooses to spend their right, time right. reading your work like it, it better be good <laughs> So that's kind of a, if you think too much about it, that can be a crushing sort of weight to to feel like you have to shoulder. But at the end of the day, it is all about writing a good story. Uh, And if I feel like if you're true to yourself, then the rest falls in line.
0: And if it makes you happy, then it's making your perfect readers happy. Yes. And if they're not your perfect readers, then, you know, see you later. See you later. Yes. Um, Yes. What is your biggest joy when it comes to writing?
1: Well, uh, like the what like what I like writing the most, or any any part of writing? Well, I love writing scenes uh, of like a conversation between characters who've just had sex. That is my favorite. Uh, that's hilarious.
0: I've, I never write that scene. They go to sleep really? every time ta- I love
1: the, I love writing the scene right before the
0: sex. and it's not sexy, but it's something <laughs> that's happening that's there's going there's to tension. pivot them exactly. exactly. Yeah, tell me well, more about that. You, <laughs> no,
1: tell me more about like what happens after. Well, so it's like af- like after after sex, people's guards are down. They're very like open and relaxed, unless they're like you know, unless there's some kind of complex psychological thing going on, and they get all closed off. But that's interesting too. Yeah, totally. Um, but in general, like you know, people are at their most like open in that moment if they're just sort of like laying there talking and it's just amazing if I could write a whole book of just that I would But like no one would publish that so <laughs> I would read it but, <laughs> but I wouldn't publish yeah, it <laughs> I have had to take out so many like unnecessary post-coil conversation scenes from my work and just love it so much <laughs> This is something I've never heard a writer say and I love it <laughs> I don't I even usually write the, the sex part of the scene. Like, I usually have, like, a cut from, like, the, the frenzied, you know, right. making out about to happen to, like, this amazing uh, afterwards scene that I just love to write. Oh, oh that's so, good. so cool. That is so freaking cool. <laughs> All right. Can you share a craft tip with us of any sort? Yes. So one of my favorite things to do when I am, uh, working on characterization, especially with like the supporting characters that are in my book, since I know my main character and her, um, like her family and her close relationships, I know them pretty well, uh, when it comes into like the characters who are related to the case that she's working on. Um, I like to, uh, take the, the Myers-Briggs type indicator mm. test on my characters Uh, i'm a proud infj here so i'm i'm an enfj but i teeter on i i teeter on i so so. (laughs) (laughs) these. yes yes girl (laughs) so um like obviously like any personality test like you have to take that kind of stuff with a grain of salt and there's no like one test that can describe the multitudes contained with contained within all of us um but i do think it's interesting to look at it like imagine how your character would answer these questions and it's really then helpful to get these results and just sort of make sure that their behavior in your writing mm. sort of matches that. Because, you know, if, if you have someone who, uh who comes up as like an ISTJ, they're not going to like, you know, be browsing the crystal store looking for woo-woo things. Just, you know, right. that's, like right. a little bit as far as making um like consistent, characterizations of them throughout even with like little things it can really make a big difference because as you're writing them uh, a character might do something that's out of character and it might be small uh, and it's small enough that you might not even notice unless you kind of look at it specifically through that framework so i think that's helpful and it's also kind of fun
0: it sounds totally fun and i've never done it Uh, um how how small a character will you use that on obviously you know uh, your major characters and then you know the 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 players for this particular is it for the players for this particular book like around this particular crime and
1: yes okay. um really really anyone who's like in more than one scene um uh, there's the opportunity to make sure that they're behaving consistently
0: I so love that. my my characters never behave consistently that that might be well... really,
1: really <laughs> helpful <laughs> Part of characters not behaving consistently is that we're all super complicated but like yeah and sometimes like there is there's a reason that someone may act in a way that's not in alignment with the rest of their personality but like you have to make sure that there's a reason that you're writing it that way if there's not a reason then that's just like that's just random and readers notice literally everything which is yes i know
0: that's that's really a really good point though because i think what happens to me is i go in and i i introduce like a a character for this particular book and i think i know them and then by the you know the second third of the book i don't i i can't remember what i thought so then i just write them as if it's one of my stock characters and i forgot that they have a real interior life which i was aware of you know 40 pages ago but um, Mm -hmm. i'm gonna use that do you just like label it somewhere do you have it in a spreadsheet or something
1: uh, yeah, I have it in my – I use yeah. the app uh, – it, what's it called? Notion to sort of organize all of my thoughts. I don't know this uh, app. It's so cool. It's like Evernote but better Um because it's sort of like – it's like Evernote except it's kind of laid out like WordPress inside. Oh, I and love so WordPress. You can, right, so you can like create a document and like add – like like Evernote is just sort of like – everyone is like it's just yes yes it's opening a huge box and yeah looking inside the box but yeah uh... but in notion you can like create like the document and then you can like add different types of pages and different snippets of code to it and you can add visual bookmarks from the web if you're trying to like do brainstorming stuff and it just keeps it all in this really nice package that's easy to Ah. scroll through and they have a really good mobile app and you should definitely check
0: it out. I'm going to like be hanging up with you and (laughs) checking it out. Thank you very much. You (laughs) may have just changed my life because I, I use Evernote, but I hate it. All right. Well, what is the thing in writing that you are most excited to talk or to think about? What is the thing that you always return to when you're talking about writing?
1: Um, well, I just love telling stories. I mean, I've loved that my whole life and it's just like, I was at a book fair over the weekend, and the woman who was at her at the table next to me, she was talking about how how she knew she was a writer. Was she uh, asked her husband a question like, um, "Well, when you're you know sitting in traffic or standing in line at the grocery store, what kind of stories do you tell in your head?" And her husband was like, "What?" <laughs> and so like was totally she didn't realize it until you know she was married and had a husband to look at her like she was crazy like that I realized that when I was like five so it's just something that I have loved forever um and just like making you when you tell a story like there's so much complicated yummy stuff going on you're sort of writing people the way you wish they were you're sort of enacting some revenge fantasies, you're processing through grief, you're dealing with issues of society, just all of that stuff. And it comes out in this like nice story form that a person can like read it on a very surface level and just get a good yarn out of it and enjoy it and put it down. Or if they want to look deeper, they can really sort of see all the layers of what you're doing here and it's just it's just so great that we get to do that
0: That that's our job and we we are allowed yeah. to do that what I really like yeah. too is what and I'm sure you've had this happen when you do write something that you think is you know pretty okay and you're pretty proud of it but then you realize there is a like a deeper level that you didn't even see that you had yes. somehow layered in and you feel very <laughs> clever, but you can't take any of the credit because you're like, no. the front of your brain didn't think
1: of that. <laughs> it came from <laughs> something in there way did. back, way back. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, for oh, sure. Oh, sure. that is super, super <laughs> delicious. I love that. So, what is the best book that you've read recently?
1: Hmm, the best book that I've read recently. So, I um, just read, oh my God, and now I can't think of the name. It's Idra um, Novi's new book. And, oh, my God. I have to look it up uh, to see what it's called. Um, but she is an amazing writer. She uh, does a lot of work in translation. So all of her books have this sort of, like, American characters in other locations mm. having, like, weird culture shock. And um, it's just her... Yeah. She's amazing. And I cannot believe I can't think of the name of this book. I Whenever it anybody
0: out. ever asks me what I just recently read, like what was most recently in my hands, I cannot remember
1: ever. Those Who Knew. That Those is the name Who of Knew. the book. Yes. Um, and it's sort of like, a, it's a, it's not a mystery. It's not, but it's kind of a literary thriller type mm. thing. Yeah. It's so good.
0: Okay. Definitely check it out. Also putting on my list, but after your books, I'm going (laughs) to devour. So what would you like to tell us about? Um, Where can we find you? What is your most recent book? All all of that. Give us a little.
1: So my most recent book is What You Want to See. And it came out uh, earlier this year in May. So it's the second Roxanne Weary Mystery. It'll be um, out in paperback alongside my new book, which comes out next summer, which is exciting. Very cool. Um, So, yeah, I'm kind of, like, in that, like, middle spot between releases right now at this moment, which is a good time to do other projects. And and one of those projects that I would like to tell you about is a podcast that I'm doing with two of my writer friends. I just saw that over Um, on Instagram. I was stalking you. And, yes, tell us us about this, please. Okay, okay. It's called Unlikable Female Characters. And we are going to – we're sort of billing it as uh, feminist thriller writers talk about uh, women who don't give a damn if you like them or not. Yeah. So this is we're just going into like to be filled this podcast. Yes. yes. <laughs> so we're going to talk about women who you love to hate or hate to love or who just like, do not give a fuck. And sorry, I'm not sure yes, if I'm allowed to say Yes. Your... Girl, yes. Okay. <laughs> 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 uh, and just the way women are presented in um, pop culture and a lot of the tropes and stereotypes, that, specifically gendered stereotypes, that are kind of part parcel with all of that, um, which is really exciting. We're going to be chatting with some other feminist thriller writers, but uh, the the core group. There's me, um, Lane Fargo, whose book, her debut, comes out next summer. It's called uh, Temper, and it is Good a title. yes, uh, it is a psychological thriller set in the Chicago theater scene. And then Wendy Hurd, whose book Hunting Annabelle comes out next month and it is a uh, psychological thriller with a sort of twisted serial killer set in uh, 1980s Texas. Oh, cool. Oh, also quite amazing. Um, so we are the, the the core group at the heart of Unlikable Female Characters and we'll be releasing episodes every two weeks um, until people tell us that they are tired of it. But uh, the thing about this project is we like sort of conceived conceived of this because there was something um, that irritated me. Uh, and so I reached out to um, Lane and Wendy who are all, both by, and we were talking about this thing that had made me mad and it sort of took off into its own direction and became this podcast. Even though like the thing that I was mad about has nothing to do with unlike both characters. It's just, it's just like, what a wonderful went- catalyst yes exactly yeah. um yes so so we decided like yeah you know what we're gonna do it'll just be like this little thing nobody will really care about it but maybe like eventually someone will care and then we decided like okay we're all just gonna like tweet about it once and so we have this like official podcast twitter feed and the three of us just retweeted um the one tweet from that account and like w- this weird thing happened like I wish I could understand it so I could replicate it for my own work. But like people got so excited <laughs> and like book riot organically picked it up. Nice. And it was like, what is going on? So like within a day we had like over 1200 followers on this account that had no content. In it, and we were just like, wait a minute now. Like we have to do this thing and it has to be good.
0: So, <laughs> so is it out there now or is it coming?
1: So It is out there now. Um, <sighs> we've released, two episodes one of them was just kind of like a mini preview yeah and then we we released a full episode um last week and we'll have another one coming so
0: i'm so excited to get in on the ground floor of this because i i like to start with the beginning of podcasts so when i find a new podcast i have to go back to the beginning and start and i also love (laughs) that you're doing it every two weeks because we all have a lot of podcasts to listen to and that's I mean if you ever go to a weekly that's fine I will also love that but I'm 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 a new fan I'm totally subscribing that you're awesome. you're definitely hitting a conversation that we all want to be having now you know yes. and this is a conversation that can continue forever honestly yes. until everything yes. is fixed which is going to be never so you are just <laughs> this is going to be the best podcast ever I'm so excited! Yes. Thank you for telling me about it, and thank you for you know posting it on Instagram because I right right before you answered the phone, I'm like, wait a minute,
1: what is that? <laughs> yeah, we're super excited about it. Um, and I I designed the logo, so it's a great logo a designer, Thank oh, you. Of course,
0: of course, because you're the designer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, that is fabulous. Okay, and we can find you at at your name,
1: kristinlepianca.com. So I'm at kristinlepianca.com on Twitter and Insta. I am KMLWrites. Um, and on Facebook, I don't use it very often, so don't look for me there probably. <laughs> that's uh, smart. That's smart.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Um,
0: but yeah, that's me. It has been 100% delightful to talk to you. Um, thank you You so much for spending your time with us and, um, I wish you really, really happy writing as you move forward with this darn holiday season that's coming up. So, yes, it's here. (laughs) It's here. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kristen. We'll talk soon.
1: Absolutely. Okay.
0: Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write?